Why should people watch Lodge 49? God. Uh, wow, you just really threw me for a loop there. Um, it's good, I guess. But then, like, what does something being good really mean? Um, it's... It's an interesting story, but I would say mostly the characters. I think the characters um, are worth following. And um, I think it's really about the characters and what they they bring to the story. Um, I think it's a very character-driven series. Does anybody make meth in it? No. Oh. Nobody makes meth. Will they be making meth sometime soon? I I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of drinking. Um, I just think it's funny because, <clears throat> you know, it's an AMC show. Yes. And their shows have always succeeded because of that very thing, being focused on characters. Mm -hmm. But whereas Mad Men is like, oh, I can see all the haircuts when I was a kid. Right. Uh, or, you know, uh, Breaking Bad's like, oh, this guy's going to make meth. He's going to shoot some Nazis. Right. This is like, um, Kurt Russell's kid is the small Lebowski, basically. Pretty much. <laughs> He's just going to hang around uh, Long Beach, and uh, maybe there's like some magic or something? Some mysteries. But we're yeah. not really leaning into that. No. And I got a feeling that it'll be one of those. That's my greatest fear is that where it lands, and as far as I know, I don't know if it's been renewed, but I know that it's a... They got a full, you know, ten season or whatever it is. Sure. Um, first, uh, first season. Uh, if they get to go on, my fear is that it's gonna just land with like wherever you go, there you are, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a little bit of like hippie. Our, like... our lives aren't perfect, but we've learned to be happy. Right. We're growing. We're replanted. Right. <laughs> yeah. Where's the seal? <laughs> that seal's the in on it. Random seal. He's in on it, man. Yeah. I don't even talk about what the show's about. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I guess it's basically about uh, Kurt Russell's kid's character, like, finds uh, this ring on the beach, and it belongs to this secret society, and he happens to run out of gas. Not as cool as it sounds. Yeah, I know. Pancake breakfasts. Yeah, exactly. And bingo night. Yeah. It's a it's a lodge. It's a lodge. Like like the old Elks Lodge or, yeah. or whatever, you know. But yeah, and it's got of course its basis in these goofy ideas about it's alchemy. Alchemy and you know the yeah. secret mysteries and stuff. But of course everybody who's there is just a middle aged schlub who yes. is there to put uh, you know, um, Miller lights on their bar tab and sing karaoke on Saturday nights. Right, exactly. But of course this this guy he's not like exactly spiritual. Uh he's a surfer. Yeah, and he that with everything that entails. Mm -hmm. But he's, I think he's just more open uh, as a person. He has an open personality. Yeah, uh, and a sort of, uh, and plus the place that he is in his life, which is after the death of his dad, and he had a, like an injury from surfing, and so he's yes. kind of looking to fill his life with something, something, anything. Yeah, and it just becomes this thing, the lodge. Yeah, and, and he kind of takes it as a sign. And there isn't, yeah, and there's just there are moments of. Uh, humor and, and comedy that derive solely from the sort of awkwardness of the situation that are yeah, I would agree funnier that. than the last 10 constructed jokes that, you know, I've seen on a show or a movie or whatever. Right. Um, kind of like the early office, not the later office. Yeah, I get <laughs> what you're cartoon, saying. But yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, but there's a there's an undercurrent of melancholy. You know, I I I call the show yes. Breaking Sad if I, I had to call it something. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking too about <laughs> about uh, Wyatt Russell. Uh, yes. Who was just. Like he's just, okay, he's blonde. That's where yes. that's the Goldie Hawn part, I guess. I guess, but so. the rest of him is just his dad. Yeah, I think he's a little taller than his dad. Uh, and <laughs> but he otherwise it's just he looks exactly like his dad. Yeah, I know. And so and it got me thinking about like, man, if Kurt Russell was only born now, in the age of like, you know, streaming, you know, weird. Uh, golden age TV shows. Right. Think of all the work he could do, you mm-hmm. know, just with these weird, goofy roles. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's exactly what his life is. He's yeah. A computer that wore tennis shoes. Yes. <laughs> that's, they've got the same arc. So yeah. Wyatt's already been in, uh, you know, an overlord or whatever, the Nazi movie. He's a yeah. little behind because he was a hockey player for a while, right? right. He didn't start as, as quick as his dad did. Yeah. But yeah, so he'll do uh, some goofy stuff for a while. Then he'll evolve into, uh, you know, an action star pretty much. He'll do some thrillers. Yes. And then he'll turn into an old cowboy. Right. You know, don't do it, Beryl. And, uh, well, we don't know. Uh, Kurt Russell's journey isn't over yet. That's true. Uh, Yeah. No, it's kind of funny that he's uh, Kurt Russell's kid because he looks, like you said, he looks exactly like him. Yeah. I'm surprised, like, Jimmy Kimmel or somebody, well, not Jimmy Kimmel, it's not cool enough. Mm, Maybe James Corden. I don't know. Somebody hasn't made him do, like, a thing parody or something like like that. Oh, yeah, sure. Right, try to play his dad. Yeah, yeah. Pour some whiskey in a chess computer, and you know, <laughs> shoot a flamethrower or something like that. Right, but funny, you know, but funny. But funny, yes. Know. I just know that I want a a Dudley Pool Service T-shirt. Oh, sure, of course. I wonder if those are if I could make one of those and and I would get sued, or if you AMC know, has a merchandise. I would not be surprised that they had a merchandise. Um, and I, yeah, I love that his nickname is Dud. Yeah, well, it's pretty ridiculous. Knows, but yeah. yeah, yeah, but anyway, um, I would say that you know it's a it's a fun Breaking Bad, even though it's kind of Breaking Sad. Yeah, and I'd say the whole the whole series has an air. It it feels uh, warm but unsettling. I would agree with that, which I think is yeah. a, a good place to start. I also like the fact that we is it the first episode or the second episode? Maybe it's the second episode, but. He he is this. There's this note of melancholy that goes through. Yeah. Although at the same time, everybody's kind of a goof. Um, and That's I really like true. the um, character um, played by um, David um, Pasquizi, the really tall um, apothecary guy. You know. Yeah, with the curly hair. Yeah. Yep. He's the sort of guy, the high, the high priest of this thing, sort of, in that he's you know the most knowledgeable and interested in the, you know the mysteries or what the might be going on. Alchemy and everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, I like the fact that it's goofy and Dud's kind of a, a buffoon. But and we start to think that we, you know we see him going back to the house that is um, that they lost yes. in foreclosure yeah. and bothering this family, and you really start to wonder what's this guy's problem. Yeah, do we are we even rooting for this guy? What is the deal? I know. And it gets to the end of this first meeting with everybody um, from the lodge, where they're trying to decide if he's like a right fit or not. Yeah. And he starts telling his story and he goes through all the things that have happened to him with his dad's death and losing the house and his sister losing her job and all those horrible things. And you're like, it, only by placing that at the end of this long Billy from Family Circus bumbling track that he's taken to this point do you go, I totally understand why he is in this place. Right. And he's breaking into his old apartment that he was evicted from to sleep yeah. on the floor. And like, yeah. I, I absolutely understand why. Right. Yeah. 
No, He's you, still kind you, of goof. But. You do totally get it. You know, he is. Um, but he, like, yeah, and, like, the he keeps going back to that house, and, like, even they they put a restraining order out on him. Yeah. And that still doesn't keep him away. Like, he came back, and, like, luckily they were out or something like that because they didn't find him there. But it's, like, it's, like, dud, if you keep going back there, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. You know, you're going to be in violation of your... Well, when he does go back there, though, yeah. there was this one... Th- two things that this show does that I like is that it has extremely low stakes uh, sort of payoffs, which doesn't sound great, but they are payoffs that there's a lot of depth. They tell you what's going yeah. on. So, like, he does. He goes back again after getting through... I think it was, like, a civil court. I don't think it was, like, a criminal complaint. Right. Um so he gets off, even though he gets um, sprayed in the face. <laughs> yes. I think he probably gets off because he's assaulted by the couple. Yeah. Uh, and he goes back again, and you're like, what are you doing? Yes. And then he gets up on the roof, and there's no real good reason that he gets up on the roof because we don't see that he and his dad used to get up on the roof or something like that. No. But he gets up there, and he looks in um, an, like an exhaust pipe, you yes. know, like from the bathroom fan or something like that. And there's a pack of cigarettes in a Ziploc bag like shoved in there yeah and it doesn't comment on it it doesn't do anything but he doesn't go back to the house after that Mm -hmm. because i think that he is so self-absorbed with what his grief and what's going on is that just that little peccadillo the fact that this guy's yelling at him he seems like an adversary but clearly and it could be the mom too but she probably wouldn't get on a ladder this guy is going up on the roof you know probably to hide the fact that he's having a smoke from his family because he is stressed over what his life and what Dud is doing to him. Yeah. And yeah. that's all they have to say. And then he just doesn't go back there anymore. Yeah. And there's also the other thing I wanted to mention is that they have this thing that I really love where good shows do this where you don't hit just a beat or a joke or something and we go to the next scene. They leave the camera on for another yeah. 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And so something will happen and people react to it, but then you, you get a chance for them to have a second tear to their reaction. Right. You know, they're uncomfortable, but then they start to get angry or they're something's funny, but then there's immediately a, a note of melancholy, you know, mm-hmm. after it. And yeah, most a lot of shows don't do that. No. So anyway. Yeah. That took up a lot of time, but uh, check out <laughs> Lodge 49. Yeah. It's worth your time. Yeah. Are you doing a thing? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I really mean it. Uh, it's uh, references uh, the novel by Thomas Pynchon. This show's really novel. You won't be winching. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll workshop that. Okay. We don't have time, though, right now, because uh, we have a lot of news to get to. Yes. Uh, on this show that reports all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment, it's the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Yikon Hana. I forgot my fake name for a second. Oh, no. That's okay, though. <laughs> I've been recording quite a bit uh, with my real name. On some of the other shows sure. on this network. And that's probably where that comes from. And I should probably drop a note about what those shows are if you don't know. Uh, we have a show called Enterprising Individuals, mm-hmm. which is going into its fourth season this year. Uh, we are very proud of it and what we've accomplished. And every week on the show, I talk with a special guest. This is sometimes a Star Trek author, an author of Star Trek books, or a sci-fi author in general. I've mm-hmm. spoken with several authors um, For instance, uh, the guy that wrote The Martian, Andy Weir, I talked to him about his favorite episode and all these authors' favorite episodes of Star Trek. I've also talked to uh, scientists, uh, Mm -hmm. entertainers, actors... 
by Garmin Shimmerman, the guy that plays Cork. Yep. And uh, many other people. We have event coverage. We also have a sort of sideshow that covers the new episodes of the new uh, Star Trek Discovery. show, Star Trek Discovery. Yep. Which is on currently and is coming back this week. Which this is exciting. Thursday. So yeah. pl- please join us for that. You can find that show at enterprisingindividuals.com. And another show on this network, and it is still a show, is our quote unquote bad movie show. Yes. Where we watch the films that audiences embraced but critics rejected. Mm-hmm. That show is called Craft to Services, and it's coming back this year. It's sort of a non regularly scheduled show. Sure. So whereas, uh, and only in terms of schedule, Star Trek, uh, the Star Trek show, Enterprising Individuals, is Big Bang. Let me finish. Okay. Uh, Crafted Services is like uh, Red Dwarf. Okay. They just do some when everybody's around. Right. And the BBC has passed a law or a bill in Parliament, which gives them more funding to do one. Sure. And so they come out occasionally. Yes. Uh, but there will be um, uh, several of them coming out in the first part of the year. Mm-hmm. And on that show, I talk with a similar situation, experts, uh, movie critics, authors, creators, yeah. about some of their favorite movies that, well, I don't know, I don't know. If that's a good movie or not. And oftentimes it's movies that you or your friends or people you know would say, I really enjoy that movie. It's a great movie. Right. But guess what? It's got a really low rating on Rotten Tomatoes Mm -hmm. or some other aggregate. And so we dive into why. What is the difference here? Mm -hmm. Where's where's the gap in appreciation? The appreciation gap is what we're looking at. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. You've been on the show. I have been on the show. Can sell it. Well, uh, I believe we talked about Drop Dead Gorgeous, um, <laughs> yeah. a personal <laughs> favorite of mine. Yeah, but was you know not super well received when it originally came out. Yeah, um, it's very dark humor, so I think that a lot of people just didn't quote unquote get it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, You'll have to listen to the episode to know how we both specifically feel about it. But I will say that I, uh, having gone over it specific, because I'd seen it, but I hadn't really thought about it, mm-hmm. um, kind of going over it in detail for the show, I definitely developed more of an appreciation sure. for it mm-hmm. and kind of what went into it and all, mm-hmm. the, all the people that, all the really talented people that worked on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we'll just say that. So check that out too. It's at Craft to Services. Dot com. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're on the social medias and all the requisite places. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Cal. Um, looking forward to uh, talking about Daredevil again today. Oh, yeah. I didn't even say that. Uh, we're talking about Daredevil. Should we roll it back? No, well, we're, we're good. Just cut it out? <laughs> just cut this part out? Just go I back don't... and pretend like we did it? Oh, okay. If it's you want easy, to. loose and breezy. Yeah. It's it's like uh, D- Dudley Pool Supply. That's what we're doing today. Right. Just taking it, e- driving around in the thing. Yeah. And eating a eating a bear claw or something. Sure. And just taking it easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are. We're talking about uh, a, a comic book today or a mini series. Uh, the end is here for Daredevil on Netflix, and we've talked yes. about that on the show previously a few weeks ago, and I'm sure you know as a fan. But it's not over. I think the dream is going to continue. You do. Yes, and okay. for that reason, we wanted to talk about. We weren't done talking about Daredevil, and we want to talk about a comic series. That features Didi in a, a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, an ending has happened, and, yes. but yet we're looking back. And so right. kind of like in, in the gym when you used to look at the mirror that was across from another mirror. And there's just a million mirrors and a million right. views. Uh, we're doing that. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at Daredevil Yellow, the miniseries 
by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale came mm-hmm. out in 2001. That is itself a nostalgic look back at the early career of Daredevil. Yes. And deals with some character relationships and some themes that I think are a big part uh, of the third season of Daredevil when mm-hmm. we're not just hanging out with Wilson Fisk right. in a high-rise apartment. Right. And he's looking at black and white memories. <laughs> Of a little kid killing his softball coach. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Screw it. We're just talking about that instead. Yeah, yeah. Forget Daredevil Yellow. No, we're talking about Daredevil Yellow uh, and also the news. And let's do it. So we're in one of those positions where we just have to kind of punch through it here. Um, okay. In no particular order. There's a lot of important things to mention just to keep people abreast of the news that I believe is fit to be casted in this world of mm-hmm. nerdy entertainment. And the first thing that I wanted to say was, uh, are you up to date on your Dune news? I am not. I am not up to date on my well, Dune Well, the news, 1984 sadly. Dune is still bad. Uh, although a uh, great candidate for Crafty Services. Yeah, I would agree If you ever want to come that. on again and talk yep. about it. Okay. But Danae Villeneuve is making a Dune film. Yes. This has um, been in the works for a little while now. I think it was announced a year or two ago. And he's been working on it uh, with, I can't remember, Legendary Pictures, I believe. And he has started to fill out the cast okay. of the film. Uh, he's got Timothy Chalamet on uh, to play the main role of Paul Mudadim. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Paul Atreides. All right. That is the Kyle McLaughlin role. Okay. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson is going to play his mother, Lady Jessica. Okay. We know that Dave Bautista, um, the guy that he worked with in Blade Runner 2049, of course, yeah. is on to play uh, the Beast Graban or, or whatever his name is. Okay. Who is, of course, the son of Baron Harkonnen, who will be played by veteran villain Stellan Skarsgård. Guy okay. can't catch a break. No. I think playing Dr. Selvig in the Thor movies yes. is the first time he's ever been a good guy. <laughs> Anytime it very well ever. could be. And in Mamma Mia. Sorry. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, although I haven't seen Mamma Mia. He could still be a villain in uh, Mamma Mia. He could have an antagonistic role in right. Mamma Mia. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it didn't kill anybody. Right. Just slices Glenn Close's throat. Oh, my Not gosh. Glenn Close. Meryl Streep <laughs> throws her off the pier. Stop. Mamma Mia. Oh, my God. There she goes. Again. Into the surf. <laughs> so that is uh, pretty much all we know. We know that it will be two films. They'll cover the first book, I believe. Okay. Uh, and it will be split up over two films. It'll take a few years to do still. Yeah. Thoughts? Sounds like a big project. Um, I, I hope uh, this is... I don't know, digestible, is that the right word? I mean, like, it just seems like there's a lot of work to be done. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, doing two films that cover one one book, that's that's a lot. But then again, they took The Hobbit and they made it into three films. So yeah. I guess it can be done. Yeah, the script so. goes ever on and on. Yeah. I don't know how to feel. No. I am torn between interest, disinterest, experience, and lack of experience. Okay. (laughs) Let me break that down for you. All right. Please do. Second verse first. Uh, I don't really know much about Dune. I haven't read the book. Um, I love the David Lynch film. And by love, I mean I love how bad it is. Sure. And 
but I'm not familiar. I, I was a Lord of the Rings kid. I was an Asimov kid. I was never really a Herbert kid. Sure. That's fine. I'll, someday I'll get around to reading it. Uh, I know a lot about the production, though, because um, just working as a, co- a journalist for that hashtag, hashtag show. show. Yeah. I wrote an article about this. Mm-hmm. So I'm now interested to see how it develops more than I am to see the movie. And that leads sure. me to the second part, which is I'm really want to see a Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Stellan Skarsgård movie. I don't want to see Denis Villeneuve's next movie because oh. I don't like Denis Villeneuve movies. All right, fair. He, the stuff that he takes on, I've never seen anybody take on such complicated material and produce it in such an unexplored way. <laughs> It'd be one thing if there are many filmmakers who deliver beautiful visuals. Yes. And a sense of tension, mm-hmm. and there's not really a lot there. And generally, we call those like thrillers or pot boilers. You know, if you think about it too much, it falls apart. Right. He picks things like the continuing war on drugs, mm-hmm. and uh, and Mexico's uh, cartel problems. You know, and yeah. border security, mm-hmm. uh, and then just kind of yeah, but it's really like about Benicio del Toro shooting a guy, right, and his family, right. Like, what? Yeah. Or he takes like, ooh, okay, careful, careful. We have to make a sequel to a movie that honestly is really good and very beautiful, but falls apart when you think about it. Uh-huh. Blade Runner. Right. And goes, no, it's going to be complicated. There's going to be all kinds of like issues of like, are they real? And then there's a resistance and stuff like that. And all of that stuff is just really just wiped out by the insistence on making it some kind of like you know it's pot not pot boiler but just you know oh it's a twisty oh the twists and we're gonna twist this right. and twist that and just the sort of modern sensibility uh he has a movie called enemy he did enemy right i'm not enemy sure. with with jake yellenhall okay yellenhall <laughs> jake yellenhall yellenmaster what <laughs> i don't know Hila 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 monster yellenmall <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's a like a psychological thriller. It's based on this book about this guy who, you know, watches a movie and he sees a guy that looks just like him in the okay. movie. So he goes to track down that guy. Okay. He finds out that that's a real guy. And they're both surprised, but they decide to try to use it to their advantage. And then it becomes, they become involved with each other's significant others. And there's like a sort of psychological game going on. And gross. Well, he did it. And then he put big spiders in it for some reason. <laughs> Supposedly okay. because it's about... Well, it is. He meant to make it about uh, totalitarian governments, you know, uh-huh. uh, about like dictators and stuff. But sure. that does not read. And it only we only know about it because there's literally a scene where Jake Gyllenhaal is a college professor and he's going. So the thing about totalitarian governments, it's like, thanks for giving me letting me look at the back of the book, teacher. Yeah. What the hell? OK. He just doesn't have the facility mm-hmm. to tell a story of that complexity yet. Okay. Sure. So not having read Dune, I assume it's a pretty big novel. I know it's a pretty big novel. I've seen it. Yeah. I, I You know, I assume there's a lot to deliver. And yes. Maybe it's not emotionally complicated, in which case I think this will be great. Uh-huh. If it's just, we criticize films for this sometimes. Yes. But if it's just A to B to C to B, but uh, these guys do this, these guys do that. Mm-hmm. So is Star Wars, right? It, yeah. It could, and he said that he wants to make Star Wars for adults. Okay. Yeah, that's usually the death knell of, of a new franchise. Yeah. But if that's what he's doing, fine. But if he tries to get all weird and he's like, no, I've got to make a point about this. I don't know. Bad news. You think he's going to swing and miss? And 
not have a good story to tell. Um, it'll just be all flash and no substance. It's a great story. It's a story of a thousand years, ten thousand years in the future. People right. would need spice. Yeah, what a yeah, good story. And I know. <laughs> Um, do you think the worms will look like they do in Beetlejuice? Or do no, you think they'll, they'll have better? to. <laughs> Beetlejuice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Beetlejuice. Um, no, I think there are two, another two reasons. And well, just 20 more minutes on this and then we'll uh, be done. Okay. Uh, two more reasons that I'm worried. One, Roger Deakins uh, is not involved. Roger Deakins is a guy who makes movies look beautiful. Yes. A lot of times those movies have nothing else going for them. Didn't have enough movies. But right. he's not on this one. They've got some other guy, the guy who did like Zero Dark Thirty and a bunch of other gray, desaturated films, which seems like a bad fit for the Dunes of Arrakis. Yeah, it so does. I, that doesn't. I'm, I'm worried about that. Yeah. And um, the other thing is, there's already been Dunes been in our minds forever. There's been a sci-fi miniseries sure. or whatever. There's been the you know the Lynch film. There's been Beetlejuice. Yeah. So they're gonna go like, we gotta screw this up so bad nobody will ever recognize it. Right. You know, we have to have like completely original designs. Uh-huh. And so I think I, sometimes that co- you come out with something really great. Other times it's like, what is this? Right. I came to see like sandworms. It, like it's unrecognizable. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I hope it's not completely unrecognizable. As always. I do as well. Do I talk about a Venom sequel? Sure. In the works. Okay. The of course Venom was a gigantic hit. Venom at Venom, the box Venom. office. I was going to do it eventually. <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, it has been officially uh, announced that uh, Venom will return with a sequel. Uh, the writer of the original, uh, one of the writers of the original, Kelly Marcel, will be back to write the script. Okay, great. Um. I thought it was more enjoyable than uh, I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So that was good. I can definitely see the potential for there to be a sequel. I mean, I think there are other symbiotes we didn't really see or get to know. Yeah. And I'm sure there are even more that will be coming to Earth for various reasons. Yes. Uh, So I definitely see... Um, the, you know, the possibility for a sequel. Yeah, well, they definitely left it open. Um, it, this movie's had a somewhat tortured path to the screen, and it finally did get made. Um, one of, one of the producers and writers, of course, Kelly Marcel, will have a larger role in this time around. Um, she was instrumental in bringing Fifty Shades of Grey to life. Oh, great. And she's also working on uh, the Elvis Presley biopic. Oh, man. And Disney's Cruella. That's, um, that's quite a spread. Now, if you work for Sony, quite a bit of different stuff. I, I don't know how producing works. Yeah, I don't if you, either. How can you be working on a Sony movie and a Disney movie? But anyway, That's a good question. All those movies sound like garbage. Yeah. I I hope that this is the good kind of garbage. Right. <laughs> Although who knows? Uh, Ruben is... Fleischer won't be directing it uh, like okay. he did the first one because he's got to direct the Zombie Land sequel, which is another movie that we don't really we don't need, really need. But we're gonna get it. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, that's another Emma Stone jam right there. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. Okay. Emma Stone. All right. Well, I like. And Woody said, Harrelson. Uh, right. Venom. 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 <laughs> I hope it's a. It, are they going to get uh, exhibit to do like a song that's like Carnage? <laughs> carnage. 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 I kind of hope so. Um, Yo, I heard you liked a man in your suit, so we put a man in your suit so you can suit while you're in your man's suit. <laughs> That was not very good. Oh, 
Then you don't have to add to it. We can just move on. Okay, well, let's move on. Uh, here's a thing that sort of surprised me, but not really. Okay. Uh, it looks like David Fincher and Tim Miller will be working on an animated anthology series at guess where? Disney. Netflix. Oh, Netflix. Because <laughs> we were Sorry. just talking about Disney, so why yeah. did you say Sony? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, at Netflix. Well, yes. that's interesting. What is the It's called Love and Death and Robots. And it will be animated, but it will contain animation from all disciplines. Um, you know, 2D, uh, 3D, CGI. It'll be a real, so, you know, it'll cover the gamut. Okay. I'm not sure how I quite feel about Me that. Me either, because I see a picture of a uh, South Park looking Hitler <laughs> with, uh, yeah. with naked women around him. So That's disturbing. I'm a little worried that the worst uh, elements of uh, a Miller, a Tim Miller, and a David Fincher will come together in this. Where's my Mindhunter season two? That Stop it with this cartoon question. crap. Yeah, I want Mindhunter season two. Anyway, but... <laughs> it'll be a series of 18 shorts. And in the press release, it says they are meant to bring provocative, eclectic stories. So, yeah, a lot of Hitler orgies, I think. Oh, boy. I don't, you know, I don't get super excited about, like, cartoon nudity. Do people get excited about that? That is a different show. Okay. All right. That's a different show. Um, I'm a little worried that it has, like, different animation styles, like... Is it going to have, like, a feel of being, like, a series? Like, are they going to feel connected at all? No. Okay. They won't be connected in any way. All right. Nope. It'll be a total grab bag. It'll be like an animated heavy metal, I'm guessing. Now, the problem with that is self-evident. And here is my rant number five of this show, okay. <laughs> which is when I want Edge back. When are we going to be able to do Edge right again? What is Edge. Edge is when you have, um, uh, you know, a key. Uh, that's what it is. Eighties Jap animation. Okay. That's edgy. edgy. You've been watching cartoons for years, where Lionel is yelling about the sight beyond sight or whatever, mm -hmm. and then suddenly Akira comes in and lasers a guy's arms off or whatever. Sure. And Ninja Scroll has got boobs and guy shoots bees out of his mouth and his boobs yeah. have bees in them. And, yeah, okay. And it's like, whoa, people are blown away and that's great. Now everything is a boob with a bee in it. Hold on, I gotta write yeah. down the title of the show. Okay, so, right. so when you get David Fincher, uh, you know, it's like the Onion article, Man Marilyn Manson now going door to door to shock people. <laughs> you know, it's like when you get him and you've got Tim Miller, um, who we always, we flipped a coin, who, who was the best part of making Deadpool work? Right. Oh, it was Tim Miller. Yeah. Uh, I know. But now I feel like he's got something to prove. So he's going to team up with Mr. Edge himself. Oh. Although Mr. Edge, the guy directed Benjamin Button. Uh, <laughs> and they're going to uh, produce a series of... Edgy cartoons. Yes. And they're shorts, right? So yeah. you don't have to build up to anything. You don't have to have a character. You don't have to invest. It's just like, here's my gross idea. Blam. Yeah. That's, not, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, that doesn't sound very appealing to me. Um, I guess I would be more interested in it if it was like closer to like, um, what was the Amazon series that we watched? The B-Cups. No. B-E-E -E like, Cups. Oh, okay. Like a cup full of bees. Sorry, yeah. I was just fixing that title. Um, Like, uh, what's it called? 
what's he called the um the sci-fi i'm being really this is really bad pod it, right now any, sci-fi um you, writer you struggling yeah to come up with something bad you naming elements yeah so that i can yes. hashtag meta metadata yeah whatever it is better so sci-fi writer was like short stories that he's written um robots sleep robots sleep what is it <laughs> and it sounds like this um Philip K. Dick's yes. Electric Dreams. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we had to have electric. Yeah, because of sheep. Okay, but they're dreams. But they're dreams. Yeah, yeah. I wish it would would be like an animated version of that. You know, instead of what it the animatrix. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Okay. Wow, a lot of time spent on that one too. Uh, let's try to hurry through the rest of these. Uh, okay. Marco Robbie is, will now definitely be uh, Barbie. She's closed the deal Great. with Warner Brothers and Woo-hoo! Mattel, so she'll be playing Barbie. Good for her. Um, <laughs> ah! Not particularly excited about this, but that's okay. What is it? I'm going to tell you what I think it is. Mm. Welcome to Marwin disaster. Yeah. However, as a um, tech demo, thumbs up. I, I guess. So before, I don't think they have any idea what their story is. I don't think. I think they just think, oh, I'll write it when you when I know who's cast. Right. So when Amy Schumer was in it, it was going to be, oh, it's going to be a, you know, critique of, you know, like a loving uh, body ribbing image of our thing. of our brand, which yeah. is, you know, a beautiful slim woman who's an astronaut or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson could play the role. Um, now. So that was Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer has gone. Now it's Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie does like to have steak knives thrown at her, but also <sighs> I think that she can can play bubbly and vapid pretty well. Yeah. So I think it'll just be a straight up sort of adventure and we'll live and learn a little bit. Yeah. And I think it'll be semi CGI. Like I think that she'll look sort of plasticky sure. like Marwin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Just that, that's just my guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because otherwise it's literally just Margot Robbie driving a pink, pink Corvette. Convertible. Yeah. And if you mess with the color settings, you can watch surge or rush or con or game or splash or whatever <laughs> that was this I, this bit is already dead what was the movie that she did with will smith Ugh, con, god twist. i can't remember what it was it called. is one word that is yeah <laughs> it doesn't matter it was it was bad yeah it's not a good movie no uh, uh and that's got some twists although yeah. it's got gerald mcgraney in it though yeah i haven't seen him in a while He's going to be in that. He better be in that Deadwood movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stargirl. Stargirl News. Yes. Beep, 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 beep. Okay. Uh, I think that they have finally filled out the rest of the cast. I don't think who, okay. who else could be in this at this yeah, point. Yeah, I know. Uh, Luke Wilson will be joining the cast. Huh? He'll be playing Stripe. Okay. Who's Stripe? Somebody did, did this, talked about political this. or talked about like this. a Captain America type? Talked about this a long time ago. Yeah, I know we did. Long time ago. All right. It's Pat Dugan. He is a character who, uh, this is, remember, this is going to be the new Stargirl. Uh, well, it's called Stargirl, but I mean like in the legacy of the character, it's Starman, but this is Stargirl. Right. And her sort of sidekick is like, her uncle or something. That's um, weird. Is it weird? A little bit. I'm going to write a fanfic of you and your uncle. You know which one. Okay. Uh, fighting crime. It's going to be great. But All right. I don't know if this will be great or not. But anyway, he is an Iron Man. <laughs> he wears okay. a giant robot suit that he invented. All right. And so they're Star and Stripe. All right. Star and Stripe forever. You are not impressed. 
Hopefully, the DC Universe series will impress more people. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully, it'll be better than it sounds. You're going to need to give me a little more than that. Okay, well. <laughs> On the next story, I All guess. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, they want to do spider spur spider spur 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 spider what? <laughs> Got it. Daredevil Yellow is <laughs> a, no. Uh, a Spider-Verse TV show. Sony wants to do it. Okay. All right. Well, how is that going to be different from the movie? It's going to be better. It's going to be better? Tell a longer story. Yeah. You can show more spider peoples than ones that are just will make good Happy Meal toys like they did for right. the Spider-Verse film. Yeah. And you don't have to... Look, I like Miles Morales too, but Jesus, whole that movie have to be about him? Well, and it was all about like he couldn't do it, he couldn't he do it, it and yeah. then he did and it. And he did it, yeah. And yeah, yep. it, was, it was a little too much pounding on the head of like... <laughs> No, this character's really great. You're going to yeah. watch him grow. Yeah. I promise. Next time, the right amount of pounding on the head right. is what we're going to need. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it looks like they... Uh, so, okay, this is exciting. Um, okay. Not because I've read the book, although I do want to read it. It's one of those... You have a pile like I do of like, ooh, what a good book. Of what books I want to read? Uh, sure. That pile is more than one pile for me. Yeah. Um, but it's still sitting there. But yeah. One of those books is The Yiddish Policeman's Union which is a book by Michael Shaman. Okay. Uh, but it will now become a, it'll become a TV show. Okay. Uh, it's with CBS, so I'm guessing it's going to be... Uh, kind of like procedural? All access. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that they will probably turn it into um, a... Uh, I think they'll produce it at CBS Studios mm -hmm. with an eye towards putting it on CBS uh, broadcasting. Yeah. But open to anywhere, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and boy, how do I break down... I, I can't uh, break down the story, but it's okay. set in sort of an alternate universe. Okay. All right. Could be good. Much like our own. Much like our own? Much Similar? Like our own. And of course, it's on the heels of uh, Michael Shaban, you know, getting f involved with the Picard series. Yes. Which we've talked about on our Star Trek show. Yes. Which is exciting. Um, so, yeah, I think he's, you know, he's a good writer. So um, he should hopefully, you know, be a. A positive to add to the writer's room yeah. for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know about this movie Green Book? Do you know what Green Book means? I've heard of it. I don't really know what it is, though. I have to be perfectly honest. Um, Green Book is a film. Okay. Are you with me so far? I am with you so far. And it is about a... Uh, it's, it's about a musician. Okay. Who, uh, in this case, is played by... Um, I, I think he has to be in every movie now. Uh, Maharshal uh, uh, Ali. Okay, right. Um, and then also Viggo Mortensen is in it. Okay. And so it's like he's gonna, you know, he's gonna go on this concert tour, and he's really great. But it's really like good. Thank God he got Vigo to go with him. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like it's based on a true story. Okay. But the his family is like that's not his life. Really? Yeah. And then so uh, Ali had to like, you know, after he won a Golden Globe. I was going to say, I thought he heard. write I tweets heard he... and go, you know, I, we know we made a movie, you know, that's a yeah. fiction and we tried to respect it and right. I understand, but, you know, get out, get out of here. <laughs> not <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear your exactly. complaints anymore. Yeah. That sort of thing. Not great. Uh, well, anyway, it uh, turns out that the writer, uh, or at least one of the writers of the film. Yeah. Uh, recently got in hot water on uh -oh. Twitter. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, because he, in 2005, um, tweeted to, uh, at real Donald Trump, that 
he did see he saw Muslims cheering in the streets when the Twin Towers went down in Jersey City. That's inappropriate. Who? Okay, this is a side question for you. Who was digging through his old tweets to find sh- like crap oh, this, on him? This happens now. This is what you do. I know. The but second like, somebody's name comes up, you go back and you check out all the things they've said before. Was it because he won some Golden Globes? People were like, "I'm going to find some dirt on this guy." Maybe, but it isn't just Golden Globes. It's it's anything. In fact, you can. It's all indexed now, so you can just like use a applet. Maybe is that what it is? I don't know. To pull down everybody's tweets, and then you can just go. Um, n-word you know or like muslim and just search through okay you know what yeah good good yeah screw this guy okay he's never done anything important okay he wrote uh, you know i am wrath (laughs) or he's a producer uh i'm trying to think of the things that he wrote he wrote something that that you would remember okay um no, not really. Not he's really? never read it. No, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened. Green to him. book. Yeah. And he's uh, a dickhead. And that's public knowledge now. So, okay. you know, All justice right. done. Moving on. But it's just like, if this is your movie. This movie's got a problem. <laughs> yeah. This movie's beset on all sides. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then they were talking about, they showed the movie at some festival. Okay. And, um,. Ali and uh, uh, Vigo Vigo was there and Vigo was talking about like, you know, we tried to portray, you know, the South in the 60s. So a lot of people like, you know, very tense. And when they hear, you know, the N word, that's but he didn't say the N word, but I didn't say the N word. He said the N word. Oh, Scheiser. I know. And so I I know Vigo. Why? So this, this production's cursed. Uh yeah, it's not 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 great. Um, Vigo's kind of a loose cannon, isn't he? No, Vigo is the he is. We we should all aspire to be a Vigo. Okay, well, but then he might have got a thinking? little high on his own supply of understanding and thought that he could just do just that. Just say that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's one of those meant well, but come on. Yeah, read the room. Well, who who are you, Eminem? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! I don't know. Uh, okay, so it, we've talked about D D D plus D Disney Disney squared D- Disney Disney plus Disney, the next generation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and all of their crazy Marvel shows. Yes, it makes me wonder. Wah 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 wah! Wonder are they tuning down the films as they rebuild, or are they just going to go full ham on both the TV and the movie side? Oh. <sighs> I know I think, you don't know the answer. I think they're probably going to go full ham. I know you don't know. I think that's kind of what they're they're aiming at. Um, yeah. Well, anyway. Okay. Uh, Jack Schaefer, one of the writers behind the Captain Marvel movie. All right. Along with, I don't know, and somebody else. No, yeah. actually, I do know. Jack Schaefer, Nicole Perlman uh, is on board for this one. Okay. And then I'm sure Bowden and Fleck, the directors, probably had some, um, screen some put. say. Screen, okay. screen put. Sure. That's a screenplay input. Yes. Uh, well... She, uh, Jack Schaefer is also writing the Black Widow uh, flick, as we talked about. Okay. Um, the still vaporware Black Widow movie. Right. She will be also writing, busy, busy person, the Vision and Scarlet Witch show. Okay. Oh, so it is a Vision and Scarlet Witch show now. It's not, it, was, it was just a Scarlet Witch show. Yes, but it was never going to be that. Okay. It's a Vision and Scarlet Witch. I'd watch that. So, um, Okay. That's uh, that's good. That's a that's a positive thing. I that's feel it? like that's all you have to say. Um, I don't know. I, Put some bees in those cups. <laughs> Come on. 
I'd be interested in seeing what um, the show is about. I'm, I'm sure it's going to like show their romance and also them fighting bad guys and that sort of thing. Fighting mo- witches and monsters like yeah. in the Engelhart series? I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'd absolutely want that. Yeah. So, oh, Steve um, Engelhart. Yeah. You were a nut bar. Oh. I love it. But, yeah, I mean, I'd watch that. I Just like I'd watch the Loki series. So, you know, especially if they got the actors who play them in the movies to play them on the tv show yeah which i don't know it might be a stretch or maybe they they've got an opening because they're not coming back she I don't know. just did tv she did a netflix thing right oh she did yeah okay and isn't he happy to be working paul bettany yeah i guess isn't he happy to have a job yeah so i guess i, I mean they, he, they do he, it he was in star wars we still don't know these could just be short you know miniseries or whatever well that's very true i don't know if there's any value to disney in doing that but disney's got nothing i mean they make many many tv shows on many different networks yes. all over yes but now they're going to do it for themselves for disney and plus so yeah, yeah i don't know if they're going to go whole hog and they're going to get 26 you know the 18 plus plus 7 or whatever right. or if they're going to yeah i don't know well like i guess it remains to be seen do we do we know or seen through right the vision do we know when Disney Plus goes live? Is it it's sometime? Disney Plus goes live. Um, no, we, we don't know. Um, <laughs> no, we it's don't know. sometime. I heard that uh, Captain Marvel will be the first film not to go to Netflix. That it will be um, the first one that'll officially arrive on Disney Plus. We'll see. Opinions so, seem to be divided about that. But okay, it's possible. I guess that's their goal. Is like by the time that comes out on video, Disney Plus will be live. Neat. Do so. you know about the new Black Mirror show, Bandersnatch? Uh the the probably not choose your own movie. Like that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The what? Choose your own movie. Interesting. Um, like, can you? Yeah, these lawyers are going to want to talk to you. <laughs> Uh, that is true. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that Choose Co., the people behind the very popular Choose Your Own Adventure books, books? have sued Black Mirror. Or they've, sued, they've sued Black Mirror. I, man, I'd like to sue Black Mirror. They've sued <laughs> Netflix to the tune of $25 million Woo! for using the phrase, Choose Your Own Adventure, in their story. Um, and you know what? Yeah. It's not because I hate Charlie Brooker, although I do. Yeah. Uh, good. They deserve it. I, I, I don't, think they I mean, deserve clearly it, too. It, I'm guessing it's trademarked, right? I'm guessing it is. Yeah. I mean, those books are incredibly popular. And they've only existed for 45 years or whatever. And it's, it's not as if Black Mirror, like, bought that off of them or no. was like, no. oh, can we use that? No, we get they what just you're doing. did their own thing. Decide your destiny. There, I just saved yeah, you $25 million. Yeah, exactly. Except Charlie Brooker would tell me to F myself. Yeah, yeah. People were commenting recently, and I get it. Anytime you make, he should act like you've been there. Like he's in a position where he's made this thing; it's really popular, right? And he's continuing to try to push things terribly, uh, and he's doing it. And then people—that's going to mean people have high opinions and low opinions. They're going to be divided. But yeah. there's been a lot of uh, kind of criticism over this, uh, and he's he's melting down. Like he's telling people to f themselves, go do something else. And I'm like, well, you do something else. Yeah. Why don't you... Why don't you pay attention to what's happening... Go sailing or something. With, yeah, I mean, pay attention to what's happening with your property and, like, you well, know... Well, he didn't write it. Okay, but still. Like, maybe, somebody somebody who was producing Black Mirror or Netflix or somebody could have been like, we can't use that phrase, you know? Somebody could have come down and said, 
uh, we need to change this. Did I tell you about my friend? His theory is that, um, and just to give you a little background to pump it up, um, my friend is a, God, what is he? He is a digital prognosticator. Okay. He's a, he has a PhD. Yeah. In in like data studies, basically. Sure. Like he studies the internet. And yeah. he studies a lot of the things, you know, like how your typical Black Mirror episode is internet, but too much. Yeah. That's the, what he looks at every day. And he has sure. this theory that Charlie Brooker, who also is um, did sort of like political satire and stuff like that. Actually, he did that oh, dead set, that not... I don't want to talk about it. So anyway, um, he has this theory that he only wanted to do the episode where the prime minister has to have sex with a pig. I think I've heard. And in this order to get before. that made, yeah, <laughs> he he had to accept, you know, a, a full season of the first one, right. and then the thing sort of just took off, uh, and then you know never looked back. Right. Yes. I think Charlie, heard... you can quit at any time. Yeah. There are people who would be happy to take that off your hands. Yeah, no kidding. Like Chuzco. Barrel, let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, Minecraft. Remember that there was going to be a Minecraft movie? Yeah. Well, there was. There was? Well, no, no, there, there still will be at this point. Okay. I think, uh, who's the guy that was going to direct it before? Um, I don't Sean know. Levy was connected to it. And I know okay. Rob McElney were both uh, going to um, direct it at one point. All right. And that they're all gone. Now Peter Solit is on board. Okay. I have no idea who that is. He directed Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I've never seen that movie. But so. you know about it, though. I, I do know about I it. I do know about it. But I've never seen it. You are accomplished. Okay. Well, um, all right. Do we? Is it going to be animated or is it live action? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a guy swinging a pickaxe. I don't rocks. know. Hasn't te- the failure and closure of Telltale proved that you can't put a story in Minecraft? Yeah, you would think. Lego Movie comes out next month. Yeah, I know. I know. Right? Yeah. What's the story going to be? A guy builds a castle and kills zombies? I guess it doesn't matter. I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter because you just bring kids in and they go, I know that. Yeah. And then fall asleep and you make <laughs> your money. Getting, it's getting dark. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about the nostalgic and uplifting Daredevil Yellow. Yeah. Where a man writes yeah. a letter to his dead girlfriend. I know. Uh, let's try to wrap this up here. Uh, I wanted to mention real fast, a woman named Hannah Marks is directing the film adaptation of John Green's novel, Turtles All the Way Down. I hate every part of this so far. Oh, my God. Except for the fact that this girl is 25, well, girl, woman, is 25 years old, uh, and she's like the, one of the youngest female studio directors ever. Wow. 25 that's, years old. That's super young. You're and but clearly Fox 2000, which even I mean 20th century Fox, old Fox 2000, close. Yeah. <laughs> there is a 21st century Fox. Right. But I think that's just for cable news or whatever. Okay. Uh so anyway, um the story is about a 16-year-old girl with OCD and yada yada. It's a John Green novel. Yeah, I know. But isn't a 25-year-old the perfect person? This isn't like The Lovely yeah. Bones. Let's get a fat old <laughs> kiwi to to adapt this thing. Right. And that turned out great. Yeah. So Yeah. This is probably a good idea. Uh, probably. I mean, yeah. If you yeah. think about the pressure, though, of being a 25-year-old uh, woman, of, uh, of all things. Yeah. Not that they can't, but I'm just saying to get a bunch of Teamsters to, like, listen to you. And so... Um, yeah, that would be kind of challenging, yeah, I would good think. Luck to her. Just to, like, you know, I am authority. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. I know I look a lot like you, but I am older than you, Getting and you need to listen to me. Right now. Yeah. 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 With a half-calf half, half calf twist. 
Uh, so anyway, yeah, um, hopefully she'll do a great job there. Uh, you and I were just talking the other day about where is the Masters of the Universe property. We've already got yes. a Shira show. We should at least have a He-Man, He-Man thing. show in the works. Yeah. And of course, I forgot that they are still trying to make that into a movie. It's the same reason that you don't see oh. um, Spider-Man on TV. He's a movie guy, and so it looks like Art Markham <clears throat> and Matt Holloway are writing another draft of a Sony Mattel Films Masters of the Universe movie. Oh boy. Well. I, I hope it's better than the uh, the original one that came out like in the 80s. Um, a movie that you probably won't see on Craft of Services, but maybe. Yeah. You never yeah. know. Yeah. It's possible. Not great. No, not great. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's why we're not seeing a TV show. Yeah. Seems a little silly. Yeah. Seems like, seems like you could... Uh, it seems like an animated show. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. And then you get... Patty Schwartz. You get Patrick Schwarzenegger to throw on the, the cross vest. <laughs> Come on in. Sure. He's He-Man. Sure. And yeah. He's got a call to his ancestors of Grayskull and the right. kings before. And then you have an Arnie cameo. There you go. As Conan. Yeah. This writes itself. Call yeah. me. Yeah. You got good ideas. Some good news before we go. Uh, looks like there will be a Lady Sith limited series on Disney+. Plus. Is that good news? <laughs> I do like Lady Sith. Um, I was not aware that she was still alive, but I guess we didn't see her die in Thor Ragnarok. We didn't she see was, her. She wasn't in it at all. No, no. So where has she been? Well, uh, I think she held out on contract and then didn't get what she wanted. And so no Lady Sith. And yeah. also we don't need uh, the loss. We've got another lady that doesn't want to be in the movies anymore. And we're trying to set Tessa Thompson up as his men in black partner. Right. Right. In love. And so it's so, just too much. So wait. it's like we, you, you want to get paid more, but we really don't even want you in the movie. You'd just be here to get shot or die or something. Well, right. So it, she lucked out because it looks like she's going to get to um, on the break of from well, the blind spot. She'll get to shoot this. OK. Well, I mean, she was on um, uh, the the shield show. She sure was. So, yeah. She was, absolutely was. And it was good seeing her there. No one can take that away from her. Uh, no. I wanted to mention really fast that people think, now this is one of those deep rumors going okay. around. People think that the Black Knight, the Avengers hero, the Black Knight, will appear in Avengers Endgame. Okay. Why do they think that? Because Marvel has been releasing um, a bunch of reprints of old Avengers stories okay. to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the MCU, featuring characters from the Avengers that have been in the movies. Okay. Sort of sure. setting things up. Yeah. And they published a pair of stories um, featuring... Um, the, the Swordsman, Knight. which I think would be awesome if the Swordsman was um, showed up in the movies. Okay. Uh, but also, yeah, featuring the Black Knight. Okay. All right. Now, uh, the Black Knight I'm talking about is Eric Dane. No, Eric Dane is like an actor. Or something like that. <laughs> no, it's like um, Dane Whitman or something like that. Okay. Um, he's like a hero. He works, you know, for the Avengers or did. But there's another Ant Man that Ant Man. There's another Black Knight okay. who is an Ant Man villain. Oh. So it's theorized that because of the fact that it's clear that the quantum realm, yes. which don't we own? Oh, no, that's right. It's like the Micronauts or something. We can't ever call it the microverse. It's the quantum realm. Right. Quantum realm is going to be a big part of Endgame? things going forward. Endgame okay. and things going forward. Because remember, they have to set stuff up. Yeah. That maybe Black Knight will be a part of that somehow. 
Mm. And then okay. we'll be able to use that to get to, you know, maybe he's a villain that becomes a hero or somebody gets the Black Knight armor and sword or whatever. Sure. All right. I don't know how it's going to work. Lots of different opportunities are there. kicking that around, so okay. don't rule it out. All right. Um, do you think that Adam Warlock will be in Endgame? I think that they've, especially with James Gunn leaving, Yeah. I think they've they've messed that up beyond repair. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. At this point, and here's a little Marvel news for you, they won't, maybe when we get closer, and we're pretty close, uh, they'll release a trailer with a little more. Yes. But they literally aren't, they're not sending out, they're not cutting any trailers from anything past like the 25 minute mark of the movie. Mm-hmm. And this is a three hour movie. Yeah. Because everything is It'll a spoiler. It'll be a spoiler. And I'm like, is everything a spoiler? You could show Carol punching Thanos. We know that's going to happen or something. Right. But, but anyway, so they they could open the toy chest and it's like, where did all these new toys come from? Right. And I don't know. It, there's always been this thing where <laughs> it used to be 20 years ago. You can't do that. People don't know who Blade is or whatever. And now it's just maybe the Internet helped. Maybe your boyfriend helped. But, okay. <laughs> but they can throw whatever at you. Yeah. And people accept it because you do it well. It's, you've cast somebody interesting, you tell their story really fast, mm-hmm. and we know that they've got to get the suit or the goop or the stone or whatever. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, you could just turn it on and go, we lost half the Avengers, so we got a new half. And it's Tigra, and it's uh, Black Captain Marvel, right. and it's Black Knight. Right. It's Gilgamesh. Right. It's just everybody. Sure. You don't know. No, I, I don't know. So I don't know if they'll do that. Like I said, I think that this a lot of this will be them bringing it to a close, but you need to, you can't just kill everybody off and say, see you next week. Right. That would be worse. Yes. You have to introduce some people, go, I'd like to know more about that guy. And you will in 2021 when their movie comes out. So do you think that maybe we'll get some new Avengers when they supposedly go back in time? Like maybe. Yeah. I don't, yeah. You can't go back in time for the whole movie. No, you can't. I think the first act will be, oh boy, this is, this is bad. This is real this bad. This is real rough. Yeah. The second act will be, can we do this? Can we go back in time? Mm-hmm. And also, Tigra, what are you doing here? Right. And the third act will be, all right, we're going back in time. We got to figure this out. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. Do, do Wait, there's you, only three acts. This is a three-hour movie. I know. <laughs> do you think we'll actually feel like there's some kind of closure by the end of the film? They better. Yeah. Better, Cap. Why you looked like that? Yeah. Now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be nice if we had just more closure than we did this this last time. Because I think Infinity War. Here's what I think is going to come out of it. Great. Yeah. Unless Brie Larson just kills it, she doubles the business of Black Panther. I don't think they're going to do these long term uh, contracts anymore. I think Sebastian Stan being signed to nine films Mm -hmm. is like the last one of those you're going to see. Okay. I think they're going to come in with more of a plan, and I think they're going to go, because when you've got Sebastian Stan on for nine films, you have to find a way to get him into to nine put films. him into stuff. Yeah. And sometimes it's just post credit scene or something like that. Right. And so you're not at this point. We don't. Sorry, Bree, but I mean we don't have somebody with the star power of Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Star power draw. Let's say. Or the unexpected Charisma. draw of a Chris Evans. Yeah. You know, you don't have him. You've got, if Thor doesn't die, yeah. uh, you've got him. You don't have anybody like that. No. So for the next couple of years, we'll be bringing on, what do you think about 
D-Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what do you think about uh, Ant-Man, the Wasp, and then the other, their, their little friend? Right. Um, Waspy. 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 He comes in. <laughs> sweater, sweater tied around his polo. <laughs> I think that Thanos summers in the wrong location. <laughs> this martini is way too dry. Oh, whatever. Waspy, Waspy get down. <laughs> Waspy, no. Uh, Are you done talking about uh, Yeah, Marvel? I think so. I've been trying to shut this down for a while. Uh, last good piece of news. It is good, believe me. Taboo is back. Taboo Yay! season two. That's exciting. Uh, they'll start filming in late 2019 or early 2020. So oh. it's going to be a while. Okay. But uh, it was, yeah, confirmed by Stephen Knight, uh, creator of Peaky Blinders, who well, we got to watch that at some point, I guess. Some point, yeah. But anyway, yeah. if there's anything like uh, Taboo, Taboo, I enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Although I like to see the Peaky Blinders guy go up against the guy from Taboo. Who do you got money on? You got money on Peaky Blinder or on Taboo? Yeah, I think my money's on Taboo for right now. So you guys, I haven't I'll seen take Peaky your Blinders. money right now. Yeah. <laughs> good, good investment. In the Nude Cut Colony. <laughs> you read The Long Halloween? Yes. Have you read Dark Victory? I have not. What about a Superman for all seasons? I don't think I've read that yet What either. about Death Blow? What about no. Harley Quinn? Uh-uh. I'm trying to think of all the things that these guys have worked on. Okay. Uh, both together or separately. I guess I haven't read a lot of them besides The Long Halloween. That's all you really need. Okay. Dark Victories. All right. It's not great. No. Okay. And then they did a Catwoman one too that nobody talks about. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, it's Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Jeff Loeb. Longtime writer in comics. Yes. Now he's a TV guy. He's making mm-hmm. a lot of TVs. Mm-hmm. He works for Zenith. I don't know. No, I mean, yeah. He writes and produces for uh, television shows. Uh, and Tim Sale, a guy who um, I don't know anything about Tim Sale. And oh. I'd really like to have a coffee with him sometime. Okay. And find out about him. Because I remember that he got his start um, with Image Comics, I think. Oh, okay. Or at least that's where he was doing a lot of stuff. I never liked his style because... Okay. He had the balls in the 90s, the the era of Crosshatch, to do a more expressionistic, German expressionistic uh. kind of style. Simple lines, but moody compositions, mm-hmm. not trying to be realistic necessarily. And you've sure. read Long Halloween, so you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I think that he has, and I always thought, oh, this guy can't draw because I was an idiot. Uh, he can draw. Yeah. And he proves it in this series mm-hmm. in which he uh, really ups his game. And he also doesn't, it's not dark. It's dark in places. Sure. But the whole idea is that this is a, a, a positive, uh, optimistic universe that is suffused with light. Yeah. After the success of Long Halloween, Sale and Loeb were hired by Marvel Comics to write a series of miniseries delving into the nostalgic past of... Sure some of their uh, most famous characters. Daredevil and the first one, one they did was called, yeah, Daredevil Yellow. Yep. They also did Spider-Man Blue. Okay. Hulk Gray and Captain America White. Why, what is with the color association? Uh, yellow is, uh, well, we'll talk about that. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man Blue is the fact that, um, and these are all, none of these are, are canon technically. They are okay. retellings of yes. things that already happened. Okay. And they're set in a sort of 
they've got cell phones, but it's the 60s or 50s okay. sort of thing. You sure. know, they're all set in a, a fantastic, you know, era mm-hmm. since they originally came out in the 60s. Sure. Um, which I think is a good idea. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. The Punisher. Guys in Vietnam. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. He'd be a million years old today. Yes, this is very you're, true. You're on my turf, punks. <laughs> Get off so, my lawn. Yeah. So you have to keep redoing it. And yeah. so, you know, a couple of years ago, he was like, I was a desert storm. Right. Vet. And I think as as recently as the Netflix thing, he's just, I just, I'm part of the never ending war on terror. At right. some point, I exactly. went to Afghanistan yeah. and did something mm-hmm. and then came back. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like when they go, they, they went, screw the continuity. These are so, their origins are so tied to the 60s. The guy, these two guys in their um, spit-shined you know, shoes opening a storefront law office in downtown yeah. Manhattan. Yeah. And a young woman comes in to take dictation for them. And it's, right. like, it's just so tied to the 60s. That's what they did. Yeah. To answer your question, geez. <laughs> uh, I think the blue is like Miles Davis's blue. They're focusing on these are young kids in the '60s and face it, Tiger, you hit the jackpot, jazz, you know, beep bop. Okay. <laughs> wow, you're making your own noises there. And gray and white, I don't know. I didn't. Oh. <laughs> I didn't read them. Uh, gray. Okay. The, the the Hulk was originally gray. Okay. All First right. was gray, and I'm guessing Captain America white. I'm guessing you know what that's about. I think it's probably an examination of race. Oh, okay. In some of Cap's early stories. Okay. Captain America. Right. Yeah. White. Right. It's just two sentences. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm guessing. What happens in Daredevil Yellow? Um, well, Daredevil Yellow, um, it's so, as you explained to me before I started reading it, Karen Page has died. She's been killed by Bullseye. Yes. These and- come out, I'll say real quick. These were released um, soon after um, the completion of... Um, the Guardian Devil story arc, uh, which is sort of like a reboot of the Daredevil character by Kevin Smith. And in the pages of that, yeah, um, Karen Page is killed by Bullseye. Uh, So it starts out and uh, Matt Murdock, or a.k.a. Daredevil, he is writing a series of letters to Karen because Foggy has suggested this might help him with some closure. Um, And in these letters... Uh, Matt actually goes back and retells basically the origin of Daredevil. Um, and in, so in these retellings, uh, him and Foggy are still in law school. They're rooming together. And his dad is still a heavyweight champion uh, or like a heavyweight boxer. He's a I should contender. Say. He's a contender to be a heavyweight champion. Right. And. So unlike in other origin stories of Daredevil, his father is alive while he's in his like early 20s or so. Yeah. You know. I, I have my own theory about that. And okay. as the world's most foremost Daredevil expert, I am a little chagrined that I don't know exactly if who, who's right. Mm-hmm. This comes, of course, after the publication of The Man Without Fear. Frank Miller's definitive um, retelling and reorganization right. of the origin of Daredevil in which uh, he's a kid. Yeah. He's clearly a kid. Mm-hmm. It's post-accident, right. pre-school anything. Right. Which gives him time to grow up in an orphanage. Right. Um, which is important to Miller's run. Yes. Um, yeah, this... <sighs> I don't know. Well, and you know what the funny thing is? Yeah. I don't think anybody knows. 
Oh, really? I think this is a big departure. If you go back to the I original so issue one of Daredevil, mm-hmm. or issue two, where his or- wherever his origin is, he might have been a young adult when it all happened. Mm-hmm. And so that might be what Loeb is going off of. It's like, I'm going off of the original comics. Right. And for elements that we'll talk about in a little bit, he is doing that. So that's mm-hmm. what I guess what he's going by. But it is mm-hmm. such a departure, and it shows what an impact Man Without Fear has as the de facto origin of Daredevil that I watched a YouTube video from Marvel Entertainment that was sort of like a cartoonish um, two-minute synopsis of what the story of Daredevil Yellow was. I did read Daredevil Yellow. (laughs) Just just watched this little synopsis. Sure. And even they can't get it right. They said Hmm. that Matt uh, graduated from college and then his dad was killed, and then he started a law yeah. firm. And it's like, yeah. no, he was in college, his yeah. dad was killed, then he graduated. Right. And they, before they opened the law firm, they were trying to get somebody to help them, like, prosecute Slade or whatever. Right. And, yeah, so even they didn't know. They got it wrong, because that seemed more like the... Um, the, the Miller version. You know? Okay, so, right. Anyway, I'm not saying that these comics didn't have a lasting impact. I'm just saying they didn't have a lasting impact. <laughs> It's well, good that we're talking about them. Well, I think something, an element that is usually very much entrenched in Daredevil that is missing from this run is the Catholic iconography. Um, Anything that, so did you finish your recap? I, I think so. I mean, basically, like, his dad gets killed. You don't have to tell the origin of he, Daredevil. Well, he makes the costume out of his dad's uh, robe. This is the origin of who, which is yellow. Should I take over? I, fine. Nelson and Murdoch are trying to get their business going. Yeah. And a pretty young secretary threatens to drive them apart. Yeah. Also, villains come in and kidnap her sometimes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, pretty That's much. That's the story. And yeah, like you said, there's no Catholicism. No. Because that wasn't there. This is like an alternate universe where Frank Miller was never born. Mm-hmm. Or went into truck driving or something like right. that. And I have to say, sometimes it's refreshing. Sure. At the end of the day, and remember, this is just trying to cover the first sort of year or two of of the actual 60s ca- uh, character of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. You'd run out of things to do after a year or two. Yeah. It's kind of like the Marvel Ultimate Universe, or it's kind of like the Kelvin Universe on Star Trek. Yes, sure. I am an expert. If you you do Wrath of Khan when he's twenty five, yeah. the next movie he's twenty eight and he's like I feel old. It's like that's not how that it works. It doesn't work. No, no. That's if if there was a yellow seven onto one hundred, I think that you would have to make him Catholic at some point because you would run out of stuff. Yeah. But for right now, you know, yellow. All the colors are supposed to put you in this sort of feeling you know this sort of emotional sort of state you know this sort of mindset of a yellowed the yellow robe yellowed paper yellow sunlight through slatted blinds you know mm-hmm. puts you in a in an emotional sort of um state and i think that for you for six issues you can do that yeah to imagine this this daredevil who you know was a swashbuckler and was a pretty happy guy yeah, yeah. um eventually you'd have to make up his own fake twin brother uh, and then kill him off later. Uh, but yeah, at this point, he's a pretty happy guy. Yeah. And his biggest problem is, which one of us is going to have sex with this girl? <laughs> I, I know. I know. So let's get into it. Okay. Um, what'd you think? Um, I Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it was a quick read. Um, it's very palatable. Um, and uh, 
Karen is clearly the best candidate they had for um, secretary because everybody else was like terrible. It was like, yeah, I can't work Wednesdays, Thursdays, and every other Friday. Is that a problem? <laughs> well, you know, and then like uh, this one lady brought her baby in and projectile vomited on foggy and like good stuff yeah um i think it's kind of weird though so him and foggy both really like karen but neither of them had asked her out and yet foggy was like foggy told matt i'm gonna ask her to marry me which seems like you're what yeah like are you are you crazy like you don't even know if she likes you in that way or not yeah you know how why are you jumping to that that because that's what you did also foggy has zero game yeah remember stan lee he's not a lawyer although i'm sure he's dealt with him Mm -hmm. in his time he's a romance comics writer right so he can have a guy swinging from a club and kicking uh, the matador in the face right actually matador is after his time but uh by day or by night, but by day, you got to have like a love triangle. Yeah. And that's the way it was then. Mm-hmm. But that's always been the weakest part of the story. Mm-hmm. And that's what kept me from enjoying this. Oh, really? Because she just, she's not a character. She's just a prize to be won. Yeah. And the thing that's ends up true. becoming about these two guys are like, I saw her first. They're just fighting over this piece of property. Mm-hmm. It's not interesting, period, but from a modern viewer's perspective, it's really troubling. What if it is troubling? Why does he like her? Because her hair is yellow? I don't think that's why. Because she they have great conversations. They don't. It takes her to the very end of the book to even call him by his first name. Either of them. And she's afraid to ask him a question. <laughs> you know, she asks I know. she asks him if she can ask him a question. Yeah. Which is this I know, that's just a bit that Loeb came up with um, but you know come up with better bits here's, yeah. a, here's a bit that could have been better so I guess you've seen the movie Roxanne what makes you say that when they're playing pool and to be fair they are hustling those guys at the pool hall yeah they bring the blind guy in yeah and the blind guy runs the table yeah those guys should be mad <laughs> but I get it but they tell a Helen Keller joke because they're jerks and yeah. then while running the table and taking the game down Matt tells all the Helen Keller jokes he knows because yes. he can say the N-word right? because exactly. he's blind. Right. And it's like, uh, yeah, I, mean, I thought that was really great. When he, I don't feel like Loeb worked super hard on this. <laughs> if you look at the long no- Halloween, yeah. it's 12 or 13 episode, uh, issues or whatever. It's all tied together. There's yeah. twists. You're wondering where it's going. It's yeah. all planned out. I feel like he made his bones and the people went back and went, Hey, shoot us off a quick thing, and he's like, "I'm. A, I'll pull out my old Daredevil issues. I'm a fan. Let's right. see. What if we did this? What if we did this? And then I'll fill it in with like, they're gonna make fun of his disability. Oh, it's like it's like Roxanne. You know, it's like, sir, would you please stop moving your nose? The band is changing tempo. Like, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, you seen Roxanne? I have not actually okay. seen Roxanne. There's a scene in a bar where a thug tells him, you know, makes fun of his nose, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, oh, we're doing that. Oh, we're gonna do that. Okay." Also, it's the he. I don't know where this guy's from, but he's from this town, like the guy with the nose, Steve Martin. Yeah. So the whole bar is on his side. So he basically just goes, "All right, I'll make you a bet. Like, you give me a hundred dollars if I can do twenty nose jokes in like two minutes or something like that." Uh, okay. And then he goes through like twenty different nose, nose jokes, jokes. You know, yeah. laugh in the world, laugh, laughs with you, sneeze, and it's goodbye Seattle, like that uh, sort of thing. Okay. 
All right. Yeah. Um, now you see I'm, the magic of the rock. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I. I don't think it's. You know. Not. It's not great to be making fun of his disability and like. Wait, I, yeah, I know, but it's okay. So this is. There's a guy that I like on YouTube. Okay. Um, I don't think he knows though. Uh, I, I don't remember his, his real name, but his channel's called Folding Ideas. Okay. And he has something that he calls th- the Thermian argument. Okay. Which is, and his example in his video about the Thermian argument is, if you say, I'm watching this anime, in the anime, orcs murder young girls. Okay. And it seems, it's very off-putting and strange that the show seems to take strange pleasure in for long periods of time showing the way that the orcs are dismembering these women and they are clearly very distressed to meet their end and the orcs are just loving every second of it uh-huh here's the comment below the video uh the orcs have been trained to hate humans since their inception from the kingdom of forlaklia so their bloodlust causes them to that you don't understand. This is criticism. Right, right. Are, are you a Thermian from Galaxy Quest? Do you think that all filmed entertainment are historical records? Right. What I'm criticizing is, I'm not criticizing the consistency of the story. I'm questioning the intentions of the person that created it. I I get what you're saying. Right? Yeah, yeah. So my thing with this is like, what 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 did we learn about what it's like to be blind? All throughout the story, he he he, he never even in like a Man Without Fear, he gets mm-hmm. hit in the head or something like that and, and loses his uh, radar sense or something. Or maybe I'm just thinking about Miller's run on on the title. Sure, like his he's never discriminated against until that scene in the bar. That's true. Where it's just a setup so that punks can follow him home or whatever, and then he gets to beat up a bunch of guys in the alley later. Yeah. That's all it's there for. Yeah. And in the meantime, it's he tells a bunch of really lame jokes that are like mildly offensive. No, you're right. <laughs> and not that funny. Yeah. And he gets to do it because at the end he goes, I hate those kind of jokes. Right. <laughs> right. I know. Well, I mean, and, and in the later scene, he the, he goes bowling with Foggy and Karen and he gets a gutter ball right off the bat. And then Karen, like, helps him, and they, he gets, like, one pin. Right. Now, the, <laughs> something that I really like, we're supposed to be talking about Daredevil Season 3, too, as well. Yeah. Something that I really liked about Daredevil Season 3 is, you know, have, being, <laughs> I don't know how being bulletproof could be uh, a disadvantage, but having these amazing powers seems like a real boon, but it's not all the time. And it's not if you have a secret identity. And so at the beginning of this Daredevil season three, mm-hmm. Karen finally learns that Matt is Daredevil. And instead of being like, you know, well, that's amazing. Thanks for saving my life all those times. She's you know, understandably mad at him. And also in order to sort of prove his point, he takes us on a smell o vision tour yes. of her night. Yes. And instead of being like, that's amazing that you knew that I went to get some curry or something. She's, she's like... You, you're humiliating me. Yeah. Like, nobody should know this much about like, it. This is kind of creepy. Yeah. It's yeah. weird that you know this much. Mm-hmm. And it, it means that you've known this much This entire for years. time. Yeah. <laughs> All those times I came to work without showering thinking, he's blind. He can't see my hair. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, but I'm trivializing it. But Yeah. So, like, it, I don't know. There's just the, that sort of element of it. And so I know that he can't just roll a strike because people will know he's not blind. 
except he totally cleans up a pool table. So why he's would he's gaslighting he be... her? Yeah, he misses, so she'll come up, and, and he help says it him. in the text. He's like, "That's the first time I felt her body against mine." I know. Yes, <laughs> he's gaslighting her. Aww. He has no. Loeb has taken away the suffering, self-flagellating uh, Catholic monk yes. of Man Without Fear and replaced it with nothing. No, you're right. The one fun part that I like is where <laughs> where he uh, he's fighting Electro. Yes. And a lot of these are right from his the first year of his thing. And in mm-hmm. fact, Loeb specifically picked these villains because... I don't know, they're visually interesting, but also like the owl did kidnap Karen the first time they met the sure. owl. Um, the purple man, you know, did the same thing. Sure. And so they use those characters for that reason. Yeah. But I liked when he was like, you know, he beats one of Spider-Man's villains and he's swinging around and he's kind of like, I feel kind of good. I felt good to do it. And then later on, like I did it and like uh, we were in a theater and there was all these like, you know, actresses or showgirls and they're like, Mr. Daredevil, you're pretty good. And he's like, yeah, I know. Right. I this is kind of fun. Right. That was like a human moment, and the rest of yeah. it was just, I have a blank face. I'm swinging Nothing affects through, the, me. through the buildings. I beat these men and swing away. Yeah. But I'm thinking about Karen. Yes. That's like Bullseye from Daredevil season three. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so when he's like, so he beats up Slade, and then he goes after the fixer, and the fixer runs onto the tracks at the subway. Uh, that reminded me of the Daredevil movie when yeah. <laughs> he like, what's his name? That's uh, the C train. Yeah. And yeah. and then like actually goes over him. But I think he actually pulls the lever so the train will go on a different track. But the fixer has died. He had a heart attack or something like right. that. He always had a heart attack in the original story. Okay. All right. Because it's a way, it's how Lee got out of. He didn't kill, kill him. this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't he kill this guy? Right. <laughs> He'd exactly. Beat this guy to death. Yeah, he scared uh, him to death. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yes, there's, well, there's a reckless endangerment yeah. charge there waiting. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of like, here's what it's like. Kenneth Branagh made a four-hour-long version of Hamlet yeah. 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and he's going to piss all over. He's going to put his stink on it, right? Yeah. We all know what Hamlet is. We all know the choices everybody's made, but what if he did something different? Everybody mm-hmm. always does this. What if we do this? Mm-hmm. Everybody always does, you know, you know, this character's like this. What if he's the opposite? Right. And what he proved was all those characters are like that and you do it that way for a reason because that's what the story is. Right. If you make Polonius not a goofy idiot, then why does any of the shit that happens to him happen to him? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like if you, I can't think of any other examples because I haven't seen that in, in a while. But so he took all the things, he stripped all the Frank Millerness out of Daredevil, which is fine because that's how the character started. Right. But what are you left with? And I don't think it is inaccurate or insulting to say that the early years of Daredevil did not feature the sophistication that Denny O'Neill, Frank Miller, you know, Kevin Smith. <laughs> And Brian Michael Bendis brought to that character later on. Mm-hmm. There isn't anything there except for, gosh, I hope Karen likes me more than she likes Foggy. Right. That's all right. you got. Yeah. And the th- this thing starts with, he's writing to a dead woman. Like, he has lost this woman. Yeah. And he's going to remember, oh, a couple things that happened to them. 
But I don't think there's any real th- thematic thrust of like, and that's when I knew or, or whatever. She was, and they go on a date yeah. supposedly, and we never even see the date. No. Wouldn't that be something should happen on the date? Yeah. Are you talking about her date with Daredevil or yeah. at the end? Yeah. That is alluded to, but we don't get to see. Exactly. And I've noticed she's wearing red because yeah. supposedly that's her favorite color. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, <laughs> the, the most important thing to get out of this is the the establishment of the trio, you know, of Karen, yeah. Foggy, and Matt, which they take the book, you know, through for years and years. That's who we're looking at. We bring Becky in later. We got, you know, Manilis and Yurik and all these other characters. But they right. are the center that the constellation orbits around. Mm-hmm. And and Ben Yurik is mentioned in this very briefly. Name dropped. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how did you think that they, you know, that compared to like what you see in something like Netflix's Daredevil? Um, I felt like this was um, kind of simplistic in a way um i i I mean like you said the biggest complication is like who's karen gonna go for um (laughs) but i hope i won my property yeah i know and i mean it's kind of so after we see like foggy's like i'm gonna propose to karen and he shows he love it he shows a blind man his ring um but yeah whatever um, it's for the audience. I know. <laughs> and and then in the very next... You can't smell a diamond. No. I don't. Mika. In the, in the very next comic... Another good title. He, yeah. Okay. In the very next comic, Foggy comes with a bouquet of roses, and he sees uh, Matt and Karen interacting with each other, and they're kind of flirting with each other. And he sees this, and he decides to just walk out... Of the building and throw the roses out and walk away. A stock scene. Yeah. A stock scene for sure. Now, here's the complication. It's true that anybody can be not paying attention, but there's no way that Foggy can walk up the stairs carrying some smelly roses. Yeah, and Matt doesn't notice. Matt doesn't know about it. Yeah. Which makes it even more cruel. Yeah. No, I agree. On Matt's part. Yeah. Because he knew he was there. Yeah. Now, in the story, he didn't know he was there. Right. Because... I just don't believe that Matt's that cruel in the story. No. I just think that Jeff Loeb didn't think about the fact that a large, sweaty man carrying a bunch of roses (laughs) climbing up three flights of stairs would go unnoticed by the guy with super senses. Yeah, exactly. You could have made something interesting out of that. Yes. But they did not. No, they did not. I like the art. Yeah. I really like the art. Yeah. I think it's really great. There are some great... Um, they do some great splash pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like when he fights Electro and he's uh, he. Um, there's some good splash pages of that. And he throws the thing and hits the water and then Electro gets electrocuted. Mm-hmm. And later in the issue, he goes to witness the electrocution of Slade. It's like yes. that's a nice repair. There's good things in the, yeah. in the setup. Yeah. Um, I also like what else did I like? What'd you like? Um, well, like owl apparently like actually has like yes. owl feet. He's like a bird guy. Which is just like really weird. Yeah, that's weird. Um, and also he like keeps her in like a big cage that's above the ground. So it's like a bird cage. Yeah. Which is just like, okay, whatever weirdo. Um, but I guess he captures him, but it doesn't like show him like in jail or anything or, you know, he was like, this ends tonight, you know, yeah. Daredevil was. But I like seeing the Fantastic Four. That was fun. Um, I like how the thing just like 
put his head through the window. Like, you could have knocked. You yeah. could have opened the window. I think you that know. really happens in the comic, though. Okay. All right. The original comic. Yeah. The real one. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, great. Um, great art and just great work. Um, the, the right amount of hatching. Uh, he does <laughs> more than a few of those um, things where you see the multiple. I think Scott McDaniel popularized it originally where you'll see like four or five in um, in motion silhouettes of Daredevil. Oh, no. You know, Miller did that in in uh, Man Without Fear, too. Yeah, okay. Sure. And it's supposed to be, it's one long splash, but it's yes. like, these are the actions of him, like as he's flipping, he bounces off the flagpole. Yeah. And then he flips onto the truck or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always like those. Yeah. Those are always good. Um, and he went home that night and he sewed. He sewed yes. like the wind. Yes. He sewed his costume out of his dad's robe, which is why it's yellow. Right. Which is why you can see, uh, maybe black sweatshirt. <laughs> Tie a washcloth around your head. Yeah. You know, like in Man Without Fear? Yeah. 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 And then maybe we'll work on the costume later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> and then and then like Karen talks to him as Daredevil and she's like, Well, if you're a devil, why aren't you all in red? And then the next time we see him, he's all in red. I like red. I'm a girl. Yeah. It's my favorite color. I wear red. Well, if it's your favorite color, then I better change my costume fast. So it's weird. It is weird. He has the power in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Not just because they're swinging 30 stories above the city and he's holding on to her. No. But also because he's her boss. And also because yeah. he's she doesn't know he's her boss. I know. <laughs> you know? It, it, yeah. The dynamic is it's not as weird. It's not okay. No. It's, and I like it's how they okay. got away from that fairly early in the show. You know, we have a situation where... Karen doesn't even work for them and they're defending, yeah. you know, her. And then she comes on as, you know, their assistant or whatever. Yes. But then almost immediately isn't doing that anymore <laughs> or or is basically becomes a non, you know, she hasn't been to law school or whatever, but right. she becomes like their partner. And then they throw off into a totally different, you know, industry. Mm-hmm. And it seems like she's going to come back at the end of the third season. Right. Have they even kissed yet? Mm-mm. They haven't even kissed yet. I don't think so. So they completely eliminate yeah. that sort of weird skeevy aspect of it. Well, and I don't know that Foggy is interested in her either because he has a girlfriend who's a lawyer and she's gorgeous. Right. So why would he be interested in Karen? Right. Well, I think they sort of, you know, were at the in the first season, weren't they both sort of like, oh, oh, oh. she's all right. She likes whiskey. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't and then it's probably like, Foggy, we don't have time to chase skirts. We have to right. bring down the kingpin. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we have to find some Rogaine. For yeah. Her. Look, we all, everybody loses their hair. <laughs> Bald devil. Oh. Um, would you recommend this? Um, yeah. You know what? I would. Um, I, I thought it was a e- fun, easy read. Um, I, yeah, I would recommend it. <laughs> like a choose I, your I own adventure? Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I guess it's not exactly canon. Um, it's weird. But... It's weird because it's, like I said, it's canon if you're living in 1965. Yeah. Like it's canon for you know, the original run of a couple of years of the series. Right. It's like if you could take these and just kind of fit them 
slide them in daredevil six put this in between six and seven right although there's i think at the end there's foggy never did find love well he got married yeah. <laughs> to uh what's her name to georgie or whatever so he, n- he never found somebody he never who put him in the her? ground yeah yeah. I, yeah that's weird anyway um I yeah. um, would also recommend it. So you did it, Loeb. You made it through. <laughs> I would recommend it because of the art, like I said. And like you said, it's easy reader, Morgan Freeman type stuff. It's, you know, you can just, it's digestible. It's it's very it's digestible. It's easy to find. They reprint it all the time. And if mm-hmm. you're coming off the um, the Netflix series and you want a environment and a dynamic that you recognize um, mm-hmm. but want to sort of slowly um, wade into the more weirder aspects of the comics I think yes. that it it serves that purpose yeah I would agree with that okay. um, what did you think of Daredevil season three overall <laughs> we, we talked about it before haven't we uh, well we talked about the first episode I think. Um, oh did we uh, yeah okay we don't have a lot of time so let's make it real yeah. fast okay. um, great yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed if, it also. And same thing, same as always, somewhere around episode seven, eight, things start to fall apart. Mm-hmm. This absolutely did. Yes. But somehow they compressed all the worst parts into one episode. Yes. That the the flashbacks of All you need to know is he's his psychologist, dextered him. Yeah. And then also uh, Foggy's brother's in trouble because he uh, signed a loan that was dirty or something like that. Yes. If you just know that, you can just flip right through that one and skip it. Yeah. But every other episode, even when, and I came into this with the worst expectations, you know, every character they showed me, um, Ray, you know, uh, Agent Agent, um, Nadim. Yes. uh, Dexter. yeah. All these characters, I'm like, okay, this guy's going to do this. This guy's going to do this. Right. They totally stuck with it. They set up what they were trying to do. They didn't do that thing where it's like, Frank Whaley's a good guy. He's eating sandwiches. He's such a good guy. He loves chow mein. He's a bad guy. Right. He's going to kill the witness. Right. Because you knew he was going to. Yeah. But we had to have some kind of twist. They didn't really do that. Like, characters, their arcs lasted the entire... They went the distance. Mm-hmm. They didn't have, like, throwaway people for the most part. No. Yeah, I mean, there's people that get killed off or whatever. Right. And th- there was that weird thing where Matt, like, just beat up two gun runners or something in their basement. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> they beat him up. Yeah. Because they were muggers, but they're muggers and gun runners. <laughs> yes. And they sent a guy to the hospital. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, just good to see him stopping a purse snatching, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Uh, I was, yeah, I was blown away. That was great. This is the only show for me, and I can't tell if I'm biased or not because it is my favorite comics character, but that has just stayed relatively good. It stayed above, you know, drowning no, I, for its whole run. I, I agree with you. I, I think, I don't know what it was, if it was the writers or the actors or a combination thereof, but it, besides that one episode that you mentioned, I, I thought it was uh, a pretty pretty good run. Um, I did feel like, and you, you mentioned this, like they just brought Vanessa in at like, like the second to last episode, which was a little weird, yeah. but they talked about her an awful lot. But, and, and I guess one other criticism I would have of the season is I wish we had seen more Daredevil because there were episodes. Who's the guy with the black thing on his head? Well, I know we saw him, <laughs> but 
but I just mean there were there were episodes where we didn't see Matt or Daredevil as much at all, and it's like you know we turn to each other and we're like, well, what, whose show is this again? He beats up some gun runners. I know. He he uh, beats up a bunch of FBI guys in a parking garage. Yeah. He fights Bullseye in the bulletin uh, newsroom. Yeah. You remember he, he fights his way out of a prison too. He fights his way out of a prison. In but a you suit. didn't because you didn't have a mask on his head. It's not exciting. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just <laughs> saying there there were moments and episodes where like no. Is this the Karen Page show? I yeah. mean, we had we had a whole episode where, yeah, where it was like yeah, Karen's yeah. backstory, which wasn't uninteresting. No, I thought it was fine. Yeah. But how many times can your boss go, that's it, Karen? I've had enough. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh, you're back. Yeah. It's not a comic. No. Yeah. Um, I, like I said before, or maybe I didn't say before, the best parts are the parts that they were trying to adapt from the comic. And in this case, it was Born Again. I remarked two, three years ago when we watched the first season... They've, they've screwed themselves. They can't do board again because they right. killed Ben. Right. What if you make Karen Ben? Right. No, let me finish. Mm-hmm. And it worked out. Yeah. Except for they had to replicate the part where they try to drown him in a cab. And if you don't yes. follow up on that, yeah. then it's not really. <laughs> it's the best moment. There is no corpse moment. It's the best moment of Born Again or one of them. And I don't know if they Snydered it, but they they're basically like that that moment is great because there's a lot leading up to it. Yes. They take all yes. those things that Kingpin just mentions about how they did this and they did this to him and Matt was having this happen and this happen. And they showed us that instead of just telling it, which is what you want to do usually. Yeah. But it means that because it's decompressed, it doesn't have the same impact. And I think they kind of knew that. So they didn't show him getting out getting of the out cab. Of it. They just went, you believe that Matt can get out of this cab. Right. And the next time you see him, he's in his apartment taking his wet clothes off. Yeah. Yeah. But from a TV perspective, you run a guy off a dock who's locked in a cab. You got to show him getting out of that cab. It's right. Chekhov's cab. Right. We're exactly. Of, too many titles for this show. <laughs> Chekhov's cab. <laughs> All right. Well, that oh, good. That was good. I'm I'm daredeviled out. Yes. Oh, okay. Too much. You're yeah, done for a while. Okay. It's like chocolate. You've had enough. Can never have enough chocolate. <laughs> yeah, but we'll talk about other things uh, yeah. going forward. Uh, yeah. One of the things we want to talk about is what's coming up in this year. So expect soon a show. Looking forward to all the stuff you can find coming up in the year. Yes. In nerdy entertainment, uh, from TVs to movies to the VDs and the bookies and all the stuff. Yes. We're going to talk about that sort of thing. Um, anything else we want to tease? Um, I just want to see what you're going to say. Um, well, I think we're going to be talking about Deadly Class yeah. coming up as well. Yeah, probably so, next week. Yeah. Talking about that and some other stuff. So mm-hmm. stay tuned until you hear that from us. You can also find us on social media at Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Yes. We're there. We are there. Um, I got some pics I'm going to put up there and some things that we're trying to curate and get ready to send that up there. So look for us there and follow us, like us, and do all that good stuff because we want to join you in this great social experiment mm-hmm. where all our data is being stolen. <laughs> we won't take anything from you except your time. Yeah. Also, find us on your podcatching software of choice, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Moogle Podcasts, <laughs> Stitchers. The Switchers. Oh my goodness. Witcher's got a new one now. Oh, no. Sensi Potions and Podcasts. <laughs> and 
You can find us on all those. Subscribe to the show because it's the best way to get the show, and that's how you get it. As soon as it comes out, mm-hmm. hot, fresh, and ready. Yep. And also give us a review if you would because we want to hear from the fans. We want to know how you think we're doing. It's important input for us. And give us a rating. Probably the most important thing, Mm -hmm. sadly, because these computers run everything. And the higher the rating you give us, the more the computer goes. They are, wait, wake up. (laughs) They are doing a good job. Let's send them on. Send them on to the next level. (laughs) And then we uh, reach more faces and more ears. And that's what we want to do. So to that end, give us five pistachio nuts. This oh, guy no. just latches on. He's like, pistachio nuts. That's a, I've seen Dick Tracy. I know. He loves walnuts. Yeah. What if this guy liked pistachio nuts? Yeah. You think he used up all his mob tropes in Long Halloween? Maybe. Right? He's got a Gambino. No, what is it again? The guy who gets his face scratched. Catwoman hits him. Uh, gosh, Vito I can't remember. Maroney, right? <laughs> who does, uh, like who does uh, Tom Wilkinson play in uh, Batman Begins? Marconi. Yeah. No, Falcone. Falcone and his Falcone. boys. Falcone. Yeah. Falcone. Maroney. So it's like Falcone, I think, has been around in the comic for a while, so he just used that, but then it's like, I right, come on, something else. Maroney. <laughs> Rigatoni. Like pasta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. Hey, look out for Don Fuselli. He's going <laughs> to screw you. <laughs> So, in case you are um, uh, gluten intolerant, I guess give us five stars. Yeah. We appreciate that. That'd be good. Uh, like we said, we will be talking about something else next week. So, join us then. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. Look how they shine for you. And all the things that you do.